Hey guys, it's your boy Dennis Atkinson. I'm in Dave's head. Stay tuned. We talked about a lot of good stuff. You do not want to miss this segment. what's up what's up good people good morning afternoon or evening good people wherever you are and however we're together thank you for being here i'm dave and this is dave's head so what's in my head first of all you might notice that we're in studio 1c change it up again so i'll get into that in a little bit i kind of did some rearranging the things in my house this weekend so coming to you live from well not live because this is actually recorded but coming to you live per se from studio we'll say 1c um but you see it's a little more comfortable got my backdrop here got my seat kind of feel a little better now microphone well placed you should be able to hear me perfectly this time so what's in my head the first thing is covid fatigue you know, it seems like every month or so we go back and forth. We wave, we, we plateau, we peak, we plateau, we peak. We go from, eh, I'm okay, chilling in a house, watching movies, curling up with significant others, that type of thing. And then other times we're like, oh, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. And we go back and forth. There's this ebb and flow, ebb and flow. And a lot has to do to me with the waves, the way this country is going the peaks of infections, the peaks of deaths. And it comes down a little bit and then it goes back up and then and there's a, a vaccine and then it goes back up. And it's just like, we go back and forth constantly in this country because this country doesn't work together. It doesn't, we, we, we're not working together on this. We haven't been working together on this. We have people who simply don't even believe the, the virus is real. We have people that believe that the government's got some grand conspiracy to try to kill people off. We got people who don't believe their liberty should be trounced on because of masks and, and lockdowns and restrictions on places. We got people that refuse to take the vaccine. I'm one of those people that probably won't take the vaccine, although I've had COVID already. But there's so many different segments of people that either are for what's trying to be done to prevent the spread or against it. And there's so many different levels to how they're for or against it. This country just isn't together. And so how can we ever end this thing if we can't even agree baseline on how to mitigate it? How can we stop the spread if we can't even agree on how it spreads? We can't even agree on what constitute a COVID death versus not a COVID death. Literally a senator passed away today, the day that I'm recording this. And all I see online and, and under the news stories comments is, well, he didn't really die from COVID because he had cancer. And I don't understand his argument at all. I don't. If you have an underlying condition and you get something that winds up taking you out, how do you blame the underlying condition? Right? And it's kind of a two-way street. 
Because if you have HIV, which leads to AIDS, and you get pneumonia or a cold or something because your T cells are so low and your immune system is so compromised, the question then becomes, did you die from a cold, a cold? Or did you die because you had AIDS and your immune system was immunocompromised, immunosuppressed, so you couldn't take anything else? What's the actual cause? In the case of this senator, he had cancer. So his immune system was not as strong. He then got COVID. And even though he tweeted or some sort of communication out that he had mild symptoms, okay, two weeks later, he passes away. Now, do you say that he died from cancer? Or do you say he died from COVID? I think to me, it's pretty clear if he never got COVID, he probably would still be living. Now, how long he'd be alive? Who knows? But he would still be alive. It's like if you have cancer, you get shot in the head. You survive, but then you die of septus or something like that in a hospital. Well, did the cancer kill you or did the gunshot kill you and complications from that? And this game gets played. Oh, they're not really that many people who die from it. Oh, you guys are overinflating the numbers. How about we just say the truth? This person had some sort of underlying conditions. They got COVID and they died. So at worst, it's a COVID related death. Most likely it's a death caused by COVID because if they never contracted COVID, they'd still be here. And it's that it's that simple to me. And I don't I don't understand why we complicate it. I really don't. But it's this constant battle between science and freedoms, disinformation and partisan fear mongering and fear tactics. How do we have these 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 discussions between science and freedom? Science says if you wear a mask, you reduce your chances of spreading. COVID and also contracting COVID same way if you wash your hands it reduces your chances of getting and transmitting COVID if you wear a mask nobody said it was foolproof I've never heard anyone say masks stop COVID from transmitting or you getting it period it reduces the chances I've never heard anybody say washing your hands stops you from getting COVID it reduces your chances it's simple science and math, probability, probable, possible, big difference. But we have this battle between science and freedoms. I have the freedom to walk out with no mask, no gloves, not wash my hands, not wash my ass, anything. And if I get COVID, I get COVID. Cool. You do you. But is there morally? A law that says I have to treat you if you get COVID because you didn't listen to science. And that's the struggle that we have, right? People want to buck the system. They want to revolt against the system. My freedoms, my freedoms, my freedoms. But if you get COVID, you go to the very same doctors who told you and recommended what to do to stop you from getting it. And then you demand and ask them to treat you. Putting their lives at risk. It's kind of unfair, but that's part of the problem. We can't work together as a country on anything, literally. Literally, we can't work together on anything. And so I asked the question, is there a point to even shutting down anymore? And it's not to say that I don't want shutdowns to happen. 
that I don't want restrictions in place, that I don't want people doing things that are scientifically and medically smart and prudent to limit people getting sick, going to restaurants and bars and those types of things. I think they should be doing anyway, COVID or not. A lot of these sanitation practices, people weren't putting in place in their establishments before COVID. That's, that's really the scary thing, that they were that filthy before and only COVID inspired them to clean up. But is there a point in locking down anymore? Is there a point in restricting restaurants, bars, public places anymore? Is it simply a matter of you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. You don't want to wear a mask. You don't want to wear a mask. Remember when people used to make fun of Asian people walking around in masks? Not so funny anymore, is it? So those who don't believe in science, don't believe in medicine, have apprehension to logic and reason, they're going to always resist, always resist. And so do you resist the resistors? Do you put effort into that? Or do you put effort into the people who actually want to follow protocols and science and logic and reason and not make it about them and their rights? Why don't we just focus time on that? The people who want to do things that are recommended by the CDC and scientists all around the world, literally all around the world, let's enable them and help them. And not waste time on people who rather buck the system and all that. Why? That's my belief. That's my thought. Don't waste time on the people who don't want to follow simple recommendations. If they want to be selfish, if it's all about them, let it also be about them if they get COVID. They can figure it out on their own. The next thing on my mind is this thing that we're going through right now, cancel culture. And it's very subjective. It's very <laughs> based on who you like and don't like, right? It's like the debt and the deficit. Now that Biden's in office, suddenly Republicans care about the debt and the deficit. It's one of those things where it's the new catchphrase, right? It's cancel culture. It's a new thing to rage about when someone you like is held accountable for their actions, their words. That's, a, that's basically what it is. Someone you like is being held accountable. Because remember people used to like personal responsibility and accountability? Well, cancel culture says society, people are going to hold you accountable just like you should hold yourself accountable. That's what that means. But now cancel culture is this new catchphrase, this new thing that people want to fake outrage about because someone they support or an ideology they support is getting thrown to the side because of something that person did that was either illegal, immoral, or just flat out wrong. But it's also situational too. So you got the lady in Congress who got stripped of all her committee positions and that the cancel culture police are like, oh, why'd you do that? And then you got someone like Liz Cheney who voted to impeach the last president and basically got canceled culture in her state. She got censured, which someday I'm going to have to look up what the hell censured means. Like it really has no power. It's kind of like a, you did wrong. Now go back to your life. Kind of thing. Like seriously, seriously, but it's interesting to me that literally cancel culture is about being held personally responsible for the actions you actually did. And that there are people out there who are upset that people are holding people accountable for their words and their actions and their deeds. 
if I say something that somebody finds offensive on this podcast and it comes back to me, that's holding me accountable for the words I say. I list this as an explicit podcast one because I curse like I said I'm doing a good job through two seasons not just letting it rip constantly because I curse like a sailor sometimes but also because I tailor it to 18 and older if I say something a grown-ass adult takes offense offense to to a level where I deserve personal repercussions for those words it's not cancel culture it's me knowing what I said might offend someone it actually did and it coming back to me it's not cancel culture it's corrective action it's the free market it's literally what libertarians and republicans love all the time at least they say they do it's not cancel culture it's the free market exercising its free right to hold you accountable to not listen to you to stop at selling advertisements on your show and so many other remedies they have it's not cancel culture it's appropriate culture it's respectful culture. It's morally not bankrupt culture. But it's the new phrase that people get fake outraged about. It's the cancel culture. No, nah, they just kind of hold them accountable. That's all it is. And at what point are we going to say the things we claim to want out of our children and our adults and this country, the things we claim to want, personal responsibility, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, right? Be accountable for yourself. The things we claim we want. That when we get them, we don't bitch and complain about them. And how about we admit that people we like sometimes do bad things and need to be held accountable. It could be a slap on hand. It could be a lost job. It could be a lost position. If I do something that warrants that, I have a lot to lose. I hold positions. I'm part of organizations. If I say something incorrect on here, it may come back to me. Now, I will say, disclaimer, these are my personal thoughts and not the thoughts of anyone else. Please do not take this seriously. Well, take it seriously, but don't take it towards another company. It's not another company's words. It's my words. My words are my words only. That's what happens when you try to do the fast talking dude voice. You just start messing it up. Point being, these are my words and my words only. Not the words of any organization, company, group whatsoever that I'm a part of. So, you may notice I have on a red shirt. The day this episode drops, my quarantine and chill shirt, by the way, in case you're on YouTube watching this, my quarantine and chill shirt for Valentine's weekend. Try to get a little head in there that has a little red in it. It's kind of like an off red, but we don't care. This episode is going to be a little Valentine's heavy just because it's the weekend of love. And I, I think I coined that phrase. I'm not sure. But if you see a trademark copyright pop in every once in a while around Valentine's Day, it says me. Then I actually did. But I want to talk about a big component of the language of love. And that's music. My guest coming up shortly, we're going to dive into music. We're going to talk about these particular things, the intricacies of music, the music industry. I'm looking forward to hearing about the things he's been involved with and the experiences he's had. But I look at music as something that can convey the depth of love you have for someone. It absolutely can. You can beg someone to forgive you. Not so fun fact. So my ex actually sent me two different versions of the song X by Kiana Led, um, back when she was trying to beg me to forgive her for the whoever knows how many time it was time and uh, take her back, which clearly I did not and never will but 
it can also, you know, music can also tell someone to go fuck themselves. Which in retrospect, when I get to my songs, I should have sent this song back to her an email, but it, I didn't, so it's okay. Um, but the best part about music and love is that it can tell a rich, genuine, emotional story about love. And what I want to do is take a moment and give you a little treat, number one, because not a lot of people have heard me sing, and so I don't embarrass really. So I'm going to give you some bars for four different categories of songs that I just talked about. So I'm going to take a little sip of my scotch real quick. And if that goes wrong, I'll just edit it out. It's okay. But the first song I'm going to talk about is a song that covers and talks about a depth of love. And so if you were a product of the 80s, 90s, you might have heard this song. Maybe your parents played it. Maybe you went to a wedding or, or something and it just popped up. And that song is Endless Love by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. Fun fact, so I actually, a couple years ago, randomly at a bar, and I forget what I was celebrating, but it was just randomly at a bar, I karaoke sung this song with a random young lady. And I'm not sure how old, young she was compared to me. I call, you know, she's young. She looked young. She's a young lady. Part two, fun fact, she reached out to me randomly like eight months ago. Like, hey, do you remember singing in the bar, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I do. Hope life's well. Didn't know where she wanted to go with that. But it was interesting. You know, like immediately, I'm a face guy, by the way. So I immediately recognized her face. Like, oh, I sung with you. And then I'm like, okay, hope life's good. I don't know what to say. But so this song is a nice story about how much you love someone. It's appropriate for Valentine's Day, but you get the, the just listen to the word. So it starts off like this. My love, there's only you in my life, the only thing that's bright. And then Diana comes in, my first love, but I'm not doing it. Okay, I don't, I can't, it's too high, it's too high. And then they, they continue on and also sing in harmony sometimes. And I, I want to share all my love with you. See, you know, I got little bars for you. Little bars. I'm not going to do the whole thing. But yeah, so I did that duet just randomly. I don't even know. It's just, I don't even remember signing up for it. It's just, hey, you sing, we, us. Let's go. That's kind of what it was. So my second song that I want to talk about is a song where you beg someone to forgive you. You're begging somebody to forgive you. Please don't, please don't, please don't leave me. Please, 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 baby, please. And so I'm a product of the 90s. I'm a child of the 90s. I keep saying it over and over again. I'm a child of the 90s. If you don't know, now you know again. And so this song was an easy pick for me. Boys to Men, Please Don't Go. So <laughs> this, this song's a little up there, right? So I'm gonna try to drop it down and sing it anyway. But it's, it's one of those songs where, you know, you're telling a story. I can't take this love. I can't let it slip away. Please don't go away from me. So the way it goes is, please don't go away from me. When you call my name, I'll reach out my hand to you. To my heart, please don't go away from me. We can work it out. Whatever it may be, girl. 
See, they do that. Please don't go. Nope, can't do that one. But that's what they do, right? But my favorite part of that song is at the end. Don't go, don't go yet. I'll be there, I'll be right there. I'll be there, I'll be right there. I'll be there, I'll be right there. Exactly. See? See, as it gets higher and higher, like my voice is naturally here. So it's more like, I'll be there, I'll be. Yeah, see? It just it sound like, what's his name? Like he only had one part of every song. But, um, so yeah, they, you know, as I get higher and higher, I can't do that. But, um, so yeah, that, that's a song that's, that's, listen, <laughs> whatever it is, we can work it out. Please don't go. Right. And so comically, my favorite of the four songs I'm going to do is a song where you tell somebody to go fuck themselves. Right. And you know, it could be whatever reason they were cheating, they were lying, they were doing a combination of both, something else, violence, whatever. Um, but Rihanna's take a bow. And so the reason this song pops up is just because how ruthless it is, how ruthless it is. And it also hit home. It's a very true part of my life that I experienced. So, but you put on quite a show, really had me going, but now it's time to go. The curtains finally closing. That was quite a show very entertaining but it's over now go on and take a bow so my favorite part of that song actually is not that that verse it's um when she starts out grab your clothes and get gone you better hurry up before the sprinklers come on <laughs> yeah, like his clothes are already on the lawn. Like, you better get this shit before you get wet. But yeah, I should have sent that song back to my ex. But, um, anywho. So the last song I want to do, and this is all fun and games. This is all fun. I don't really care about that. All fun and games. Um, and so the last song I'm going to do is one of my favorite, 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 favorite artists of all time. Um, if you know me in the slightest way, you know that I love me some Anita Baker. And so I'm gonna try to do this, this little snippet, I'm gonna do some justice, but Caught Up in a Rapture is from one of my favorite albums of all time, of any artist that I like. A little fun fact story, if I told this story once, I've told it 15,000 times. Uh, when I played college football, we used to take our road trips on a bus, and while I'm on a bus, I got my little disc man, my little CD, my Rapture CD, and I got the little wire, you know, the little wire headphones with the little poofy, yeah, that was me. Had that thing cranked up, the little dial on the side, you know, a little dial on the side. Yeah, that was, look, this is the 90s. There was no iPod. It was a disc man. And so, you like, it was skip, so you had to tap it, and you hear it spin around and then catch up. Yeah, that was me. But, anyway, Caught Up in the Rapture is one of my favorite songs from my favorite persons. I have a list of people who, like Luther, MJ, Prince, who I've never seen live. And I got, was fortunate enough to have an amazing, amazing night last year when um, Anita was doing her farewell tour and she came to Philly and I had a, just an amazing time, went to dinner afterwards, high up at the Comcast building. And it was just, it was an absolute amazing night. Absolute amazing night. I got to see one of my all time favorites and she killed it by the way she killed it. But Caught Up in a Rapture is a song that talks about, you know, going through things, I how I feel about you, what we're going to do to make this work. Um, 
It talks from the beginning to end. I always knew that type of stuff. But my favorite part, we stand side by side till the storms of life pass us by. Light my life, warm my heart. Say tonight will be just the star. Mm. I love you here by me, baby. You let my love fly free. I want you in my life for all time. La da 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 da. Caught up in the rapture of love. Yeah, so I am clearly not Anita. But that's the best I could do. Because it's, it's, for me, it's like between trying to sing it too high and too low, and it just gets trapped in the middle somewhere that's not a good place, but that was the best I could do. So hopefully, I got one clap. Maybe two clap. Give me a soul clap. But, um, so yeah, those are my favorite songs for those four areas. I just wanted to do that because it's Valentine's weekend. And although um, I will be spending it quarantine and chilling and and side story for a second i hate my phone so i have no idea why um my phone reminded me of something i did on september 11th of last year my phone just reminded me about this so september 11th of last year i created an entire menu for a valentine's dinner and i at to this day to this moment to this very second i still have not looked up in my calendar to see what was going on september 11th of last year other than the fact that i know it was the anniversary of 9 11. But September 11th of last year, I created a menu and I have no idea why I did it on that specific date. But looking at the menu, my phone goes, hey, do you want to do something about this? I'm like, what the hell? No, I'm not doing anything Valentine's Day. So, um, but looking at this menu, I created, and I'm adventurous when I cook. And even last Valentine's Day, I did some adventurous stuff. This, I was doing some crazy, not crazy, but up there stuff with my cooking. And maybe I'll do it at some point. I don't feel like doing it this weekend, but I hate my phone. Like why? And it's so random. And I'm guessing because it had Valentine in the title, but I didn't need to know about that. And I had completely forgotten about it. At least it was out of sight, out of mind. But the reason that I wanted to do these songs was because not everybody is going to have the opportunity to spend with someone they love with someone they, that loves them, with a significant other, with a partner. There are people who are going through mourning. There's, there's so much going on in this world. And so I'm not the greatest singer in the world. I also don't embarrass. And so if somehow those four songs that I sort of kind of sung, and it was sort quarter, you know, some kind of melody to them, if that somehow made you smile or made you laugh, hopefully it didn't make you cry. But if it did, um, maybe making you cry was a release that you needed, but hopefully it made you laugh a little bit just because I'm not the best singer in the world. And I admit that, but it's okay. It's okay. We're having fun here. And it was on my head. So this is a segment called what's in my head. Coming up after this commercial break, we are going to talk to an artist, a musician, composer. I'm looking forward to you hearing about his background, his talent, his technical ability, his skills, his life experiences. And we're gonna do that right after this. Caught up in the rapture of love.
Nothing else can compare. Go to commercial. Go to commercial. When I feel the magic of you. Simple solutions for complex problems. For 15 years, the mantra has been the practice of SRE Solutions, providing business intelligence, application and website design, and PC repair services for clients. SRE Solutions has a simple solution for your problem, regardless of the complexity. Contact SRE Solutions at www.sresolutions.org and get your problem resolved today. Just having fun. Valentine's weekend. We're going to have fun. Um, before I bring on my guest, though, I want to do a little thing. I'm going to talk about some some fun facts about music because we're going to talk about music today. So um, in 2016, believe it or not, Mozart actually sold more CDs than Adele, Drake and Beyonce combined. Now, if you're wondering how the hell is that possible, uh, they released like some special collection from Mozart. And so people ate it up. But that's believe it or not, that's true. Uh, so I looked at some studies and music actually, um, it's been found, enhances physical performance. Now, I'm not talking about just sexual. I'm talking about, think about it. If you go to the gym, you're listening to your upbeat type of music, it gets you in the mood. If you're working on a house, you got your house working out music. If you're just sitting there, you're crying like Janet Jackson's character in, in, uh, in the movie back in the 90s. You know, you got your Stevie Wonder on. You know, it depends on what you want to listen to, but it, it enhances your physical performance by tapping into all different types of things. I mean, it affects your perception of the world based on the study that I saw. So if you grow up and you're growing up around hip hop and rap, it's going to be a different than you're growing up around country. These are just different facts as it come, as it, in terms of music. Lastly, as a child of the 90s, and I speak about that a lot, Spice Girls Wannabe is actually the catchiest song of all time, believe it or not. Don't know how that's possible. So many other songs that came out of it, but it's actually the catchiest song possible. Lastly, I want to talk about two quick things before I bring in my guests. The last fun fact I found, or next to the last fun fact I found, was actually none of the Beatles could read and write music. And you think about the hits that they put together, and it's kind of a testament to the abilities that people have naturally, right? And also songwriters and that type of stuff. And the last fun fact I found when I was doing my research for this episode was Michael Jackson actually tried to buy Marvel Comics. Now, I don't know what that would have meant for Avengers and things like that, if there would have been an Avengers, um, the way it's it was developed if Michael had avoided it. But could you imagine, you know, everything happened the way it happened, Michael's not here anymore, but could you imagine his estate owning Marvel right now and how much it'd be worth right now? Just think about that, crazy. So with that, let me turn to my guests for this episode, Dennis Atkinson Jr. A little bit about him. He's a composer, producer, orchestrator, and owner of DLA Music Productions, LLC. He's worked with notable Grammy award-winning artists such as Jasmine Sullivan, Genuine, and many, many more. He's a Philadelphia native, naturally, beginning his musical journey in a small church over 25 years ago, and since has attained his Bachelor of Arts degree in contemporary electronic music production and composition at Eastern University, enhanced his musical training at the Settlement School, where he studied music composition, and at Berklee College of Music, where he studied theory and ear training probably one of the most accomplished people I've had on my show as far as just a number of things that is named there. But his bio characterizes him as a rare 
composer who is multifaceted and conquers in many fields. So we're going to talk about that now. Welcome to Dave's Head, Dennis. How's it going? Hey, Dave. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate this. No, no, it's a pleasure. You know, we don't we don't tap into the arts and music on Dave's Head that often unless I'm horribly singing like I did before the commercial <laughs> break or uh, we have uh, some comedy as we uh, go through the different segments. So gotcha. I wanted to get you on just to have a conversation about different things. And, yes, it, you know, it'd be interesting to see how this conversation goes. Okay. But before we get started, I like to have my guests tell the audience who they are in their own words. So if you could take a moment, tell the audience who you are, what you do, and what you're about. Uh, well, David pretty much read everything. Um, I'm Dennis Atkinson uh, from Philadelphia. I'm a producer, ranger, orchestrator from Philadelphia, and um, happily married. Uh, have two girls, have a newborn, and um, and uh, that's pretty much it, man. Just love music and doing what God created me to do. That's it. So let's get into Q&A. Mm -hmm. And how many, how many, before we do it, how many children did you say you had? I have two. I have a 21-year-old. I got married in 2019, and I have a newborn, which is two months. So I'm starting over again. <laughs> okay. Hey, listen, hopefully I'll be doing the same thing at some point in the near future. We're okay. not starting over again, starting over, period. <laughs> I hear but, uh, that. That's, that's a walk down, walk down a path that I haven't gotten to yet. Oh, I hear that. Okay. All right, so... Let's uh let's start the Q and A, and so I want to start off just you know you have a vast career in music, and so talk about the difficulty of becoming proficient in music, both reading and writing, and becoming great at composing, producing, and orchestrating. What did that take? Um, it takes a lot of discipline. Um, of course, if you want to be good at something, you have to stick with it. One of the things that I've learned is. Um, God has given us a gift, of course. Um, also, with that, the passion will never let the gift die. So you can get tired of what you're doing, but it's something about that passion that'll help, that'll make you keep doing it. Um, so that, and, and, and adjacent to that, it it helps with the discipline. Um, you just gotta, you just gotta keep at it, man. It, it has to be in you, just like with any other genre. It has. It has to be in you. One of my teachers told me, he said, um, as far as writing music, reading music, anything that got to do with music that you want to be a proficient at, you have to treat it like your iPhone. Uh, it should be the first thing you see in the morning and the last thing you see when you go to bed. <laughs> so you just have to keep doing it and you get better at it. So Simple. That's simple. All right. So talk about uh, real quick. Um some of the artists you work with, and and I, I mentioned a couple in your in your bio, but what, what artist stands out? Um, well, my first tour was with Genuine. It was the in in those jeans tour, and uh, that was my first tour. And uh, this was in two thousand four, I want to say maybe fourteen. I'm not sure. And um, it, it was it was great man I mean it was the best I've been on other tours but this was the best tour I've ever been on the music the professionalism everything was just great so um, so I've I've worked with him um, one of the other uh, great artists that I've worked with Jasmine Sullivan this was years ago she was singing gospel at the time and then she evolved and and she did a webisode and you know um, but I would have to say one of my favorite artists that's hard to say, man. Um, it's very hard to say. They're all good. <laughs> they, yeah, it's, it's, it's just fun creating. It's, you know, 
yeah, that's about it. So, don't have a favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's possible. So, I mean, speaking of creating something, so talk about structurally. You know, what separates a great a great song from just a song like any other song? What makes a song great? Um, there's an old saying that said, uh, once you make a song personal, it becomes universal. So, um, um, this guy named John Greenland, he taught me that. And uh, I think it's the message in the song. Um, I think it's the right producers, the right singer, um, just just everything lined up. There's no saying, if you have uh, the right people on the right bus in the right seats, <laughs> the song is going to go somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So, but... Um, but I think that's what makes a great song is the message in it. You know, I remember Quincy Jones saying that uh, you can have, I, I believe he's quoted this way, that you can have the best song in the world and you got a horrible singer or you can have the best singer in the world and if the song ain't saying nothing, <laughs> you know. So those to me, those is the really along with finding the key of the song and all that but for the most part it's the message in the song man if the message can touch you great song you gotta as the producer you have to hear and know musicians and singers you know who can contribute what you know like for yourself like say if you play um you're proficient at a lead guitar instead of a bass or an acoustic guitar you know that song calls for an acoustic so I would call Dave. Yeah, you know I mean, so you have to just like you said, you have to put the right puzzles, uh, right pieces of the puzzles in the right place, and there you go, man. That's it. So when you create something, do you need inspiration, or do you just get in the lab and you, know, you look up hours later and you've created something? Uh, man, it works in different ways. I could be watching TV and I could hear a melody, or I could be cooking and inspiration and hit. grab the laptop like boom yeah just go in right in and just start putting it together and then sometimes it's 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 uh that innate creativity you know you just you're not inspired you just hear something in your head or you just want to mess around you know and um mm -hmm. and something comes out of it you know so sometimes it works sometimes it don't but you know that's how i go mm. okay mm -hmm. So the OJs have a song entitled Message in Our Music. It's a pretty eh, upbeat song, but it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's got a strong message to it. Mm -hmm. um, of all the music you've created or been a part of, what stands out? What, what conveys that message? What's, what resonates in your mind? Talk about the, the creation and genesis and creation of it. Uh, you mean like in producing a track? Yeah. Okay. Um... Well, the first step is uh, um, producing a track. It's just, you know, again, finding it's so many ways you can approach it. But how I do it, it's it's it starts with the beat or um, for me. And then sometimes it starts with the melody. And then after the melody, you build from there. You lay like a piano groundwork, you know, and then um and then you begin to add the pieces to it, and uh, and for me, I, I I can hear colors, like I can hear a melody, and and hear already 
what the song needs. If it needs a string line, if it needs a 75 piece orchestra, if it needs an upright bass or slap bass, it's like while the person is singing, I have the ability to hear it like five different ways, you know. And sometimes that's challenging because it's like, okay, which one to be the right one? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, mm -hmm. so, but for me, that's the process. And then I just, I just dig in, you know. Um, sometimes I start, what's weird is uh, most people that I've talked to, they start from the beginning and work their way through. There's times where I started with the bridge and worked backwards, hmm. you know, and then I had to okay. put certain things and, you know, so that that's, I guess to, you know, everybody have their own method of how they do things, but that's, that's what works for me, putting the song together. Got yeah. it. Now, can you put too much in a song? Like, can you, is, is it possible to just yes, flood a song it, with too many components? It is possible to, especially when I started first, uh, when I first started learning jazz, started learning these six, these uh, ninths and thirteenths and stuff, I was trying to stick my pinky toe in every, and <laughs> every, it just, you know, and then I found out um, uh, you can overproduce a song. You know, overproduce a song, have too many elements in there. Sounds nice, you know, and that's where you have to separate from the musician versus the com uh, composer and the pro producer. Because the, a musician that's not, I would say, that's still de developing, he's going to try to put everything in there because it sounds good. It's ear candy to him, you know. But if it's mm -hmm. a singer, singing the room to sing so Quincy Jones you know, Ed, you know I may refer to him a lot because that's my dude and he made a statement he, listen, he's talented. yeah man he made a statement he said um, always leave room for God to walk around in the song you know there's a lot of stuff that we could put in there man that is just oh that was dope oh that was but pull back leave room you know this guy named Michi um, Garland Waller he plays for John P. Key phenomenal dude um he taught me that years ago. He said, that's cute, but that ain't necessary. You know, that, that just do that on the next one, you know? So it's placement, you know, but you have to leave room for God to walk around in the song. If not, God walks out the room. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. Definitely haven't heard that perspective before. Yeah. yeah. All right. So when this episode drops is Valentine's day weekend. So I call it the weekend of love. So, uh -huh. What's your favorite love song in general? And talk about how you and music and love are intertwined. Hmm, man, that's a long conversation there. Because music is a yeah, listen. music is a feeling. Love is mixed with emotions and a decision, and it's so much, man, wrapped up in that. Um, and we could get biblical on that too. But <laughs> um, so Valentine's Day this weekend, one of my favorite songs is. Um, best part by her mm. yeah mm -hmm. the lyrics in that is just amazing the other song is um by Shalia Frazier I actually played this at my uh my wedding um I'm sure it's you you know mm. so again it's the message actually when that's that's funny my uh wedding song I chose for my ex walking down the aisle was that song I'm sure it's you I'm sure it's you oh, okay yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a very beautiful yeah, song. Yeah, it is. It's a beautiful song. And this is for your ex? Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah it wasn't her, apparently. <laughs> okay, all right. Just, okay. You know, you know, we chose the same song for that. I just, just, 
you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't let my result, don't let my result mess with you, okay? It's a completely different world. <laughs> completely different world. Yeah, but it's a beautiful song, man. The message, the words, Very and um, but those two, I would have to say, um, another song would be Patti LaBelle's song, um, Only If You Knew. Mm-hmm. I actually like the music yeah. in the melody, but when I listened to the words, I was like, I ain't gonna play that at my wedding, you know, because we still together, you know. But the message in it, but yeah. yeah, just just I would say those two songs, and there's another one, man. Um, uh, it's a Brian McKnight tune, and I would say this is my number one, and you would think I would know it. Um, I can't remember it. Hmm. I can't remember, but it's back to one. It's not back to one. Um, it'll hit me later, but. It's one last cry. No, not one last cry. That's like a goodbye song. Oh man, I have to find it. I have to find it. Um, but it's a Brian McKnight tune, and um, I can't think of it right now. Uh, Brian McKnight, do I have it in my phone? Uh, right, I can't think of it. Yeah, I can't think now of you it. Got, you got my mind on a song that I chose for my ex at the wedding now. So oh now man, that's stuck in my head. <laughs> Sorry about that. But, yeah, nah, nah. It's, it's, it's actually a really beautiful song. So I actually had a friend of mine um, who plays a saxophone. He actually played the saxophone um, acapella over the top of it to the melody of the song. So oh, wow. it, was actually, it was actually a beautiful thing. It just wow. went to waste, unfortunately. But it was actually a beautiful thing. So, so take my audience for a second into your world. So what is it actually like to be engulfed in the music industry? Um, who... Who's the best person you work with? And I know you talked about the tour that you're on, but who's the, the best person that you work with? And who actually, if you had a chance, who would you want to work with? That's a good question. When you say best, I, 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 I'll try to ask a question. I guess my question is when you say best, how do you define like best? Because you meet artists, you do stuff for them, you work and you out, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and that's how, that's that's pretty much how I've been. Like all the artists that I work with, they were nice, they was respectful. We got the job done, and that was that. So there, there, there's artist-wise, it just it was just work. I can't say. Now I can give you the worst, but <laughs> but I can't say. I can't. <laughs> Listen, if you want to, if you want to go there, you can go there. You can say what you want. Um, but um. I've, I've just worked with a lot, so many talented folks, man. So it's hard to say who was the best because each experience was different. Like no one is better than the other, you know. But there are some that um, I went on tour one time, and for those who watch this podcast, you know very well who I'm talking about. But I will not mention the artist's name, and I will never ever go on tour with this individual mm-hmm. again. Um, I'll work at McDonald's first. You know, I go to McDonald's and <laughs> I'm serious. It's, 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 that bad, huh? Yeah, never again. So, but um, but that's hard to say, man. It's, 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 I work with so many great people. It's really hard to say. So, yeah. All right, I, th- I think you've been a little PC too. You want you know you don't want somebody to think you got favorites. I, I get you. I get you. <laughs> I get you. Yeah. So how about how about this? Who haven't you worked with that you would love to work with? I would love to work with Shalia Frazier I would love to work with Take 6 that's like my all time favorite group I would like to work with um, um, 
what's the person name in uh india i i did some orchestration work for her okay. for time um for she did a tour it's, i think it's called the worth tour and um dr henry pangan he's a good friend of mine and he, he called me to assist him on some orchestrations and um and i i uh i met her took a picture with her and everything and um so i will i would definitely love to do some work for her man you know and um and mostly tv stuff i know that's not a person but you know i definitely want to get into movies write scores for films man yeah okay yeah well marvel's got a whole thing they got spinoffs after spinoffs so yeah i'm sure there'll be some opportunity tomorrow <laughs> i'm working on it i'm working on it Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so uh, so last question. Um, what's one thing you would change about the music industry? I wish I can grab the record companies by the back of their neck and have them to really, really focus on the underdogs, on the uh, um, on the talent out here. Like it's so many people that should be there and they just overlooked you know so I, I just I, you know back in the day you do showcases they send out A&R's and R&R to hit a person and all that kind of stuff but it needs to be they, they, they need to come up with a way I mean you do have YouTube and, pl and platforms where you can showcase your stuff and all that but if if I could change anything I would just say give these these people a chance to show them what they can do you know so to to them is business they want to make money and you want to make money <laughs> you know reach out to these people you know you get more money you know it's, it's so so that's what I would change man just to give these producers singers arrangers you know so many people a chance to you know do what they do on a large scale you know so that's what I would change, man. And other stuff, but I guess that's for another conversation. But that's the main thing, though. You know, that's the main thing. Okay. So, yes, sir. I'm going to throw... I know I said last question. I'm going to throw a little... No, man, thing. go ahead. Let's talk. Yeah. Um, speaking to the youth, mm -hmm. potential music producers, mm -hmm. creators, what, what advice would you give them starting out now? I would say... know who you are know what you want to do in life um, of course intimidation is going to come uh, uh, discouragement is going to come um, um, I don't want to get too churchy or religious here but you have to have some kind of faith or you know strength or something to to keep you going you know if if you knew you was called to do something and you know that you're supposed to do something I don't care how young you are and you know that's your thing stick with it stick with it don't get sidetracked um, and uh, and just keep going learn all you can you know you can um, and how I look at that is if God put it in you and is in you I don't care what else you do you're going to come back to it because <laughs> it's in you, you know. So, um, some parents, you know, they want their kids to be that, kids to be that, kids to be that. You know, I, 
I used to do gymnastics. And I was very good. I wouldn't flip now for nothing, but I was I was on the team, brother. I would I would get it in. I played basketball. I was one of those guys that whatever you put your hands on, you you know you get really good at. But I mm-hmm. kept coming back to music. I kept coming back to music, and so I would tell the youth, you know, if this is your passion, this is what you want to do, take it to the next level. Study, go to school, find a teacher, do whatever, and take it to the next level. Follow your heart. Your heart will never lead you wrong. And if it do listen to your heart again that's it man that's that's great advice i will say i don't know how you go from gymnastics to music but it worked and <laughs> listen you can't fault you can't fault the path the path is the path so i tried I everything from gymnastics i tried everything i don't, I don't understand that one <laughs> yeah you said gymnastics basketball i was yeah, I tossing was, pies in the air i was trying everything. i was in it and i was good at it man i was just and i just kept coming back to music man kept coming back to music my mom wanted me to be, uh, um, not saying she's not proud of me, but she wanted me to, to be an architect, you know, and I, because I was very good at drawing. The school I went to, they was mm-hmm. just like, you know, he need to be in a contest. He need to, you know, I want to play the piano. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. The path is the path. That's what it is. Yeah, man. All right, so that's uh, that's all for the Q&A. So I want to get to my favorite segment with my guests called First Thoughts. And for those listening for the first time, my guest, my featured guest does not get an advance notice or a copy or any preview of the, uh, the phrases and the questions and the terms I'm going to give him. The idea is what is his first thought? So start with an easy one, Dennis. So if I say Valentine's Day to you, what's your first thought? Love. Okay. You can expand it. You feel free to expand all you want. <laughs> Valentine's Day. Because um, I know some guests come up here and be like, one word answer. Like, oh. Sure, <laughs> okay. sure, sure. Like, feel free to expand if you want. Okay. I, I would say Valentine's Day, I mean, it shouldn't be limited to one day. I, I do agree. You know, now that I'm married, you know, it should, Valentine's Day should be every day or, you know. But I think of Valentine's Day is, is, is just a day to show your partner and your loved ones um, I'll even subject it to uh, when my daughter was young and she didn't have a little boyfriend and she would see everybody getting hearts and all this kind of stuff so I would buy her a big teddy bear you know hey you know happy Valentine's Day you know daddy got me this you know so of course you want to be the person any of those like so but it, it's 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 mm-hmm. to me how I was raised and how America you know holidays I just think of love man and just love songs and just take that day to appreciate uh, go over and above to do what you need to do for the one that you love that's it gotcha. so two quick two quick things to that so is your wife going to watch this because you I, I saw you gave a little little dig for the wife that you know it should be every day now that you're married I'm sure she's she going to watch it I'm sure she's going to check it out <laughs> alright yeah. yeah. alright so just skip past the part because I don't want her to think you, you set it up <laughs> gotcha but um so the second thing I noticed, I noticed fathers do this a lot with their daughters. And so when you mentioned that your daughter might have a boyfriend, you said his little, she had a little boyfriend. Like I noticed that dads do that a lot. Like you know, oh, he got his her little boyfriend. You know, mm-hmm. is, it, is that just like a dad thing? Where y'all just y'all throw a little little jab at the boyfriend? Uh, yeah, you know, we got we got to let him know. You know, you know, I am the first man, will be the first man in my daughter's life. You know, so. Um, uh, and so many components go to that, you know, you, 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 
you have to carry yourself a certain way because um, daughters take on the characters of their father if the father is around. Mm -hmm. And um, so what she see nine times out of ten is what she's going to look for. So if you dress nice, you know, if you carry yourself well, you know, you say we're going to have a, a, a Valentine's daddy daughter date night, you know, um, I'm going to come to the house, you know. One of the things I taught my daughter is if a guy comes to your house and he blows the horn, don't come outside <laughs> at all. You stay in there until he comes to the door. You know, so a little stuff like that. But yeah, man, you gotta you gotta put them little bids in because these guys, you get, you, and let them know. You just gotta let them know that the father's around, basically. You know, that's mm -hmm. how you do. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was I was I was raised with you know. The, some of the, the gentlemanly things, yeah. you know, opening doors, holding the doors. Yeah, I don't honk. You walk up to the doors. I yeah, heard man. that. It's funny you say that. I, that was one of the things I was taught. Like, you don't just sit there and honk your horn. Yeah. yeah. It's actually one of the things that annoys the hell out of me when, like, neighbors, somebody pulls up on a Saturday morning at 8.30 in the morning and honks <laughs> your horn. Get out the car and knock on the damn door. <laughs> I was watching a movie one time. It's called, um, you might have seen this. It's called uh, uh, um, uh, something about the Bronx. It's an old show, the, 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 uh, a Bronx Tale. That's that's what it is. Okay. And one of yep. and one of the lessons in there, and you may know, um, the guy told the young guy. He said, if you open the door for her, and she closed the door, and you walk around and get in, and she don't reach across and unlock your door, or at least see that it's not a lock. Now that's old, but mm -hmm. you know what the, you, you know what he's saying. Yeah. He says she's selfish yeah. from the door. She's selfish. Mm -hmm. Tell her get out. <laughs> yeah so yeah. i remember that i remember that now that you say that yeah man yeah serious stuff all right so so next first thought if i say sampling to you what's your first thought sampling my first thought is uh be careful <laughs> that's what i would say um um there's a lot of I mean, it's been going on for years, you know, so, but if you're going to do it and you got some cats that, cause they got this technology, this stuff behind me now that you can, my mom actually bought me, uh, I don't know what you call it, uh, Ventroller, it's a record thing, like an actual vinyl thing, you can play the record on it, and I can hook it up to my computer. Okay. And I could take all these records, man, and cut them up and make samples and do what I want to and all that, you know. So it's fun. You know, they took it to the next level with technology. But my thing is, if you're going to do that, do it right. So you won't end up in court. <laughs> and I'm saying that because I heard yeah, stories. Nobody wants to go see you stand in front of the judge. I'm, I'm saying that because I heard stories. So if you're going to, you know, um, do it. Um, I don't think um, some, some, some people look at it like it's, it's cheating. You know, oh, he ain't produce. He produced. He just sampled that. Well, you still being creative because you, you know, it, it works. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, be careful. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. So uh, next first thought, um, opera. If I say opera to you, what's your first thought? Orchestration. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Orchestration. Um, it kind of uh, through the years and centuries going back to so much stuff I learned in college um, uh, it just kind of go hand in hand opera orchestra violins tickets prestigious coliseums <laughs> bow ties mm. just uh, you okay. know just very classy taking it way back there very classy very classy okay yeah. 
So this this listen, this is a, a personal privilege or a personal preference I'm about to drop for for this one. So first mm. thought, if I say Anita Baker, what's your first thought? Oh my first thought with Anita Baker is sexy. Uh that was, that was not what I was expecting. Right, right, you know, sexy. That works. You know, um, of course it works. <laughs> no, but she's gotcha, a, gotcha. but she has a very you know, you know, sexy style to her singing up his ass. Um, I'm j- jazzy, and if I could compare or relate uh, Anita Baker to an instrument, I would say, man, she's a smooth trombone. Like she got that soft, uh, them slides, them slurs. Like that's is every, every mm-hmm. time I hear that. But um, you know, in '90s, so because mm-hmm. she was on a lot of Definitely jazz 90s. stations. Yeah, first thing came to my mind. Yeah, I, yeah. I told a story um, in my opening segment about my uh, my disc man and being on the road for college football and mm-hmm. listening to her Rapture album over mm-hmm. and over to the point mm-hmm. it was a scratch where you got to tap the CD player to get it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, sexy. Yeah, I, that wouldn't be the first one, but yeah, she, she yeah. Has a sexy vibe yeah. to her too. She's yeah. up there with you know one little tough leg last year, but she was she was up there moving <laughs> last year. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, next to last one. Yeah. This, this is another little favorite of mine. Yeah, but man. if I say uh, jazz, what's your first thought? Oh man, I say jazz. Jazz. I'm thinking about my mind go to Oscar Peterson, Art Tatum, Errol Gardner. Uh, Count Basie, Manhattan Transfer, Take Six, uh, um, throw some Coltrane in there. Coltrane, Autumn guys. Um, um, I, there's this guy named uh, a Quinnell Gaskin. Have you heard of him? No. Yeah. I'm gonna look up all some of these names I haven't heard. I'm gonna look up some of them as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> Quinnell Gaskin, Jamar Jones, they they doing like this dual thing at the piano, man, and they just, I mean, it's a mixture of Chick Corea, Art Tatum, it's it's, it's ridiculous, man. You know, um, a lot of people um, stamp a Jamar Jones is like uh, Herbie Hancock and um, uh, Chick Corea, and Quinnell Gaskin is like the modern day. Oscar Peterson, so I mean, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, those those the guys that I think of, man, and um, and definitely big band jazz, big band jazz, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's mm-hmm. powerful, man. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Now I put that one out there because I also wanted my audience to get some some different names on their on their list. You yeah, know? but uh, yeah. yeah, that's those are some powerful names. Yeah, powerful man. names. Yeah, heavy hitters. All right, yeah, for sure. So, so last first thought. Mm-hmm. If I say going too soon, what's your first thought? Going too soon. My first thought will think about all of the artists that has passed, man, like Prince, Michael Jackson, and on and on. That's the first thing that comes to my mind is they just, you know, I mean, they had their issues, their they weaknesses. Nobody's perfect, but um, mm-hmm. they was uh I was watching something with Quincy Jones the other day and he was talking about a lot of the artists that did a lot of drugs back in the day and um, I don't want to say the, the wrong name but one artist that he mentioned that was a favorite of his overdosed at 34 years old you know so mm-hmm. going too soon man I mean 
you know, Ray Charles was old, but doesn't matter. Still going too soon, man. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 so when you so when you look at them guys, man, it, it's, it's that's that's the first thing my mind go to. All the artists that has passed going too soon, you know. And I and I don't want to since we're on the subject of music, I get it. But um, even due to COVID, and I love ones, you know, people who pass, you know, going too soon, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah, and with the, the, the drug usage and overdoses, a lot of people don't realize some of the best artists this world has seen have had some of the darkest yeah. demons, right? Yeah. And the creativity they've shown and that we you know listen to in perpetuity mm-hmm. comes from some dark places. Yeah. And they, the vices they have to deal with those things sometimes leads to their early demise. But yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely some, some on that list. Yeah, man. Sure. Yeah. Going too soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dennis, um, I want to thank you for coming into Dave's head. Um, hopefully, my audience gets some valuable information. I'm definitely going to look up some of the names from the jazz list that you, uh, for sure. you put out there. For sure. Thank you but for having me, man. Before, not a problem. Before we go, I want to give you the opportunity. If there's anything you want to promote, anything you have going on, or any initiatives you'd like the audience to know about, feel free to let them know. Um, well, uh, I just did a Christmas project. A little late for that, but... Um, <laughs> I did a Christmas project, and um, I'll, I'll I'll be finishing it up later this year, working with the Budapest um, uh, Scoring Orchestra. Um, I, um, so if you listen to Christmas music all year round, make sure you get that. Have yourself a merry little Christmas um, by Dennis Atkinson. I'm currently working with an, uh, working with a development team for a video game. Putting music to that, um, Philly Cats, and it's it's coming soon. So I keep you guys posted. I also got a call from Alabama from Dr. Henry Panyon to um, uh, uh, compose orchestrations for the World Games that will be aired in Birmingham, Alabama uh, next year. So it'll be on American soil. So the theme music, I didn't produce it, you know, but him and I, we did the orchestration on it and, you know, and last but not least, um, I'm doing some stuff with uh, the Aeolians. I'm not sure if you ever heard of them, but um, they're from Oakwood College. Um, the, uh, the name is Jason Max Ferdinand. Um, you gotta hit him, man. You know. In fact, they just got nominated for a Grammy. So, um, excellent group. But yeah, so these are the people that I'm working with, and more stuff to come. Uh, can't get into it right now, but more stuff to come so you can visit my website at www.dennisatkinsonjr.com and I'm on Facebook all over YouTube and uh, that's pretty much it staying busy man gotcha gotcha and I will say listen I listen to Christmas music all year round so I'm one of those people so I will I will check it out and enjoy it I don't see anything wrong with listening to Christmas mm-hmm. music 365 days a year right Die Hard is a Christmas movie right. just in case we gotta have that conversation right. so, listen, nothing wrong with it man nothing wrong with yes, it yes sir yes sir just saying yes sir alright Dennis I appreciate you joining and when we come back yes, sir. we're gonna do our headers hangups yes Be sir back right after this yes sir Hey, headers. Yeah, I didn't coin the phrase, I know. During my podcast, you'll notice that between segments, you hear commercials. Kind of like this one. The commercials are either paid sponsorships or promotional for people who support my podcast. 
Well, I like to provide that same opportunity to all my headers. If you like and support, well, technically you don't have to like it, I guess, but I mean, it's kind of weird and somewhat creepy if you don't like my podcast, but you're still faithfully listening to it. Anyway, if you at least listen to my podcast, I like to offer you the opportunity to advertise on it. Now, before you say it, there is no cost. Hashtag free. If you have a charity or community event or anything going on where you're paying it forward, shoot me an email with a summary and the key info and I'll do all the rest for you. Or, you know what, get creative and do a 30 second ad yourself and send it to me. Either way, send it to davesheadpod at gmail.com. Let's spread the news about great things together. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, welcome back, and thank you for sticking with Dave's Head. I want to thank my guest, Dennis Atkinson Jr. He had very, very deep and reflective and introspective views into music, the music industry, and what he does for a living to compose and create great things. With season two of Dave's Head, I started a segment called Headers Hangups, an opportunity for you to provide questions or issues or topics that you wanted me to address or answer during the show. Generally, from what's submitted, I'll answer or address one to two things, depending on the length. Now, even though I know what I'm going to talk about, I don't think about them. And I know it's hard to believe, but I don't think about them until I ask them right now while I'm recording. The first question is an anonymous question. What is the best thing you've done for a woman for Valentine's Day? So here's what I'll say. There are two days during the course of a year when I'm in a relationship or when I, there's someone that means something to me that I'm involved with that I put a lot of effort into. And it's not to say I don't put a lot of effort into other days. It's just these two days mean a lot to me uh, because of what those days are. So the first is Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day for me is an opportunity for me to put the effort and show how much I care about love the person. Whatever the, the current level is, how much that person means to me. And so even though Valentine's Day, much like Easter and some of the other holidays have become very commercialized, I feel it's an opportunity to show that love and put that love on display with the creativity that I have and the opportunity that I'm provided by the person I'm seeing, dating, relationship, marriage, whatever. And so what I'll say the best thing I've probably done, and I've done this a couple times, um, is I've cooked dinner for the person I was involved with um, that I loved. And so I actually cooked dinner last Valentine's Day. I cooked dinner for my ex um, very early on, and I cooked dinner for my prior first time I was engaged. Um, coincidentally, her birthday is actually Valentine's Day, so it was kind of like a two-for-one thing. I got to you know, two-for-one. But that takes me to the second day that I'm talking about, and that's the person's birthday. And so the way I look at it, Valentine's Day says, this is how much I love you. And I want to show you how much I love you. Birthday says, this is how much you mean to me. The fact that you were born, the fact that I'm in your presence, the fact that we met, the fact that we are here right now, I want to show you just how much your birthday means to me. And so I look at those two days as an opportunity to really convey and come and, and get it across how much I care for and love someone. So I put a, a tremendous amount of effort. And like I said, um, the prior segment, the opening segment that September 11th, I created a Valentine's dinner menu for this year. I don't know 
and I still have not looked up what was going on September 11th or around that time. But September 11th of last year, I created a menu. And that's kind of the way I look at Valentine's Day and look at birthdays. I put a lot of thought and a lot of planning effort into because, and I have, listen, I have, I'm a Capricorn, I'm a perfectionist, I have my issues. One of my issues is when I put a lot of effort into something and I plan something and any little thing goes wrong. Anything throws me for a loop, gets me out of my zone. I don't get nervous. I don't embarrass clearly, as you saw in the opening segment, but I get rattled. And the only way I get rattled is if something I plan to a T, the slightest thing goes off because I've put so much effort and time into planning. So when something goes off, it just, it, it takes me a second to write the ship and then I'm cool. I come up with plan B, I come up with plan Q, I come up with plan V, Z, whatever. But in a brief moment, if you ever around me, when I, when it's something I plan and something goes wrong, it takes me a while to shake myself, get everything right. And then I move on to the next plan. I adjust, I adjust, but it takes me that split second. I freaked the hell out. Not gonna lie. So I would say, you know, I've, I, I pay attention, right? I may not seem like I pay attention. It may not seem like I, I balance a ton of things in my life. But one of the things that I say that I'm proud of when it comes to any relationship or whatever I've been in is I pay attention. And so I see things, I observe things, I may store them internally and not do anything, you know, to benefit myself with it, as is the case with, you know, prior situations. But I observe things. And so Valentine's Day, birthdays are an opportunity for me to take all those things I observe and present them to the person that I care about, that I'm in love with, that I love. And so, for instance, favorite foods favorite drinks, favorite desserts, favorite perfume, favorite colors, those types of things that you have an opportunity to bring all together for Valentine's Day, because a lot of women don't like the color red, believe it or not. And a lot of women don't like roses, believe it or not. So knowing the favorite flower of the, of the person you're with, those things all come together to, for me. So for instance, for a friend of mine, I made her favorite drink, which was lemon drops. For an ex, I made her favorite cake, which was the lava cake where you put the spoon in and it just falls out from the inside. And I made it perfectly, by the way, my first time trying. Just saying, I can cook my ass off. But, and bake a little bit. So, um, for instance, I had a prior ex who just didn't like roses. And so I got her favorite flowers, a ton of them, favorite flowers. So it's, it's all about paying attention, right? And so what I may consider the best thing I've done for a woman being cooking for them, hopefully they enjoy it because if they didn't enjoy it, it kind of defeats the purpose. But you doing something for somebody else that you care about, your best may be something else. You may be a great artist. And so drawing a picture of the person, the spouse that you're with, may be the thing that you do. You may be a great singer. So she, you know, tell her, babe, get showered, get dressed, we're going out. And when she comes down the steps, you just sing to her a song that you wrote. You know, and I'm, I'm giving some ideas of people. So if you use some of these ideas, give me a shout, give me a tag, let me know, Dave, thank you. But whatever you're great at is the point. Whatever you're great, make that be the best thing you do for someone. I'm good at cooking. I'm not great. I Sometimes I'm great, but I'm generally, I'll say I'm better than good. And so that's a talent I want to use because I can put a lot of planning into a meal. I could put a lot of planning into flowers and using my artistic ability, which is mainly computer artistic, not drawing artistic, using my creativity to show someone how much I care about them. And so whatever you're great at, use that. Don't try to be anything. Don't try to be 
a TV personality. Don't try to be, you know, what they do in the movies. Use what you got. Use what you're good at. And make that great. And they will see how much you love them, how much you care about them, how much you want to be with them. So to answer the question, though, I think the best thing I've done for someone I care about is cook for them because I love to cook. And so if I cook for you, I have to value you. I have to love you. I have to be in love with you. I have to care about you at least because I cook for you. So second question, also anonymous. I can't be with my spouse on Valentine's Day. How do you recommend I make it up to them? So before I, I give recommendations for how to make it up to them, I need to address the second part of this question. And so to me, making it up to them implies you did something wrong. And so whether that's self-imposed or you've gotten that from them because they know you won't be able to spend time with them, I'd ask the question first, are they aware of your responsibilities outside the relationship? And is the reason you can't spend time with them because of those responsibilities? The, re the reason I say that is this, if you have responsibilities, known responsibilities that happen to fall on this date, you shouldn't have to make it up to them. You guys can work out, you know, doing an alternative date, maybe doing it before Valentine's Day, maybe doing it after Valentine's Day, but it shouldn't be looked at as something you got to make up to them. That's my only problem with the phrasing of that word or those words, make it up to them. Now, if it's more so you really are big on the day, like I'm on the day and you want to celebrate on the day, it happens to be on a Sunday. So it's a weekend when a lot of people are off. So it might be a missed opportunity. I hear you. I feel you. You want things to work out. You want things to be what you want them to be. But I'd say have a conversation with them and see if, you know, they're good with moving the celebration to Tuesday or Wednesday or next Friday or next weekend. Do it. I mean, by the time this episode comes out, it's two days before Valentine's Day. So you probably can't do it today, but just have a conversation. Communication is key, right? Communication matters in everything. Now to actually address the question, the meat of the question, here's what I'd say. If you have an opportunity to communicate with them, even though you're not with them on Sunday on Valentine's day, there's FaceTime, Skype, there's all types of venues and, and, and tools necessary or available, I should say where you can do video chatting. So have them send some flowers. If you haven't scheduled them already, it's going to cost you because you're booking literally before Valentine's weekend. So it's going to cost an extra delivery, but send them some flowers, have a friend that knows where they live, drop off a bottle to a champagne or wine or whatever, and some fruit, whatever, and your FaceTime and you can just sit there and talk. You can do something intimate, even though you're not physically there to be intimate, right? To me, it's all about effort. It's all about planning. It's all about being in the moment, even if you're not physically there in the moment. And you still can postpone the real celebration, the real um, visual and plan that you have for them for when you actually make up the day. So first of all, is it really your fault that you can't be with them? Now, if it is your fault, say you plan something or you did something messed up at work, so now you gotta work, on Valentine's Day or whatever, if it is your fault, have a conversation that it's just a day. It's just a day. Yes, it's Valentine's Day. Yes, it's the day of love, the weekend of love. I know I said those things. And by the way, I still want credit for it if it's really my my words and my name. But things happen, right? Things definitely happen. So start point one in the starter's block. Just have a conversation. Let them know you love them 
or care about them or in love with them, whatever level it's on, have that conversation. And it's not about any lack of any of that for that person. It's just a day we need to move. And that's that's really all it is. Hopefully they're understanding and hopefully what you actually do for them will be making up enough that they see exactly who you are and who you want to be to them. So if you have a headers hang up, submit it. The many ways that you can submit it on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, inbox me in any of those three. Go to the website, daveshead.card with two rs.co and submit it right from the form on the, on the site. And we'll try to get your question on the next episode. When we come back, we'll do our grin for this episode right after this. Hey, good people. You may have noticed some cool music playing for this show. That music was provided by DJ Ms. Deluxe. Deluxe represents as one of the top female DJs in Philly. Since 92, she's been spinning in clubs, on the radio, and touring around the country. And now is doing big things as a producer and local promoter under the main event Philly. Check her out on Instagram at DJ Ms. Deluxe. That's D-J-M-Z-D-E-L-U-X-X. And for promotions at the main event Philly. All one word. That's DJ Ms. Deluxe. Doing it since the golden era music, the 90s, as I like to call it. Thank you for your support and contribution to Dave's Head. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. So, my absolute favorite segment of Dave's Head podcast is my grin which stands for great reason to be in love with now. With this being the weekend of love, and again, I need credit for that. Please, 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 somewhere in Hederland, someone may be thinking of popping the big question. It's possible, timing, it's a great day to do it for some people. Some people wanna look at Valentine's Day, the day of love, I'm gonna to propose to you, it's a Sunday, so it's a weekend, a lot of people will be off maybe, you can do a COVID-friendly proposal. So let me just say this. I would never do a proposal on Valentine's Day. If, you know, whoever the future misses is going to be, know this and understand this. I will never propose to you on Valentine's Day, your birthday, or any holiday that's out there. Major holiday. We're not going to be standing at the Space Needle on New Year's Eve and I'm proposing to you. We're not going to be standing at the Eiffel Tower. We're not going to be standing among friends and family on 4th of July or Labor Day, Memorial Day. None of that. Here's my reasons why I would never propose on a holiday. And this is just me. It's absolutely just me. I want the day I propose to you, just like the day I marry you, to be as unique and special of a day and random of a day as possible. I don't want every year on 4th of July for us to be eating ribs and corn on the cob. And if I decide to do my seafood broil, and we reminiscing about last year or two years ago, I proposed with a chicken in my mouth. Like, no, that's just no. Or when I propose you spilled your drink on you because you burned it, you know, you burned it because you dropped your food on your lap. No, I don't want those types of stories surrounding the proposal I do with you or I do for you, I should say. I want the day to be unique. I want it to be like August 4th. Like, I don't know if that's a holiday, but just like August 4th, like he proposed on August 4th. Like, what? Okay, what was that about? Nothing. He just... 
We went out to dinner and boom. Next, you know, my whole family was there or whatever the way I decide to propose if I get married or if I get engaged and married again. I look at it as like the day that I declare and ask for your hand in marriage. I want that to be as unique a day as possible, not only in the way I do it, because I've, I've both proposals. I've done some pretty unique things. I'm pretty creative when it comes to women. Just saying I am. But not because I proposed, but because how I proposed. I promise you, whoever the next person is I propose to, she will never see it coming. We'll have a conversation about it because you should have a conversation. You should. It shouldn't be that much of a surprise to the person, but it because it should have been discussed about possibilities and all that stuff going forward. And you should feel ready for it. But you will be blown away by what I do just because that's just how I am. I over plan things. I do some elaborate stuff. I use the resources I have connections matter. So that type of stuff is, is what I'll do, but it will never be on a holiday. It will never be on new year's, Christmas, Thanksgiving, 4th of July, Labor Day, all Memorial Day. None of that. None of it. None of it. None of it. It won't be on your birthday. I guarantee you that your birthday is your birthday should always be just your birthday. It's just the way I look at it. I don't, I don't want to share the proposal date with any other day. I don't want to share the wedding date with any other day. You can't control now whenever I have children, if daughter or son happens to get married on our wedding date, okay, that's what it is. We can't move the wedding date. We can't move the birth. So it's okay. But just my little side thing. I know I went on a little rant there and I apologize. That's just how I feel. But if you are deciding to do something special like that this coming Valentine's Day, my grin for this episode is an app called Lovecast App. You can go to www.lovecastapp.com. Here's how it works. You download the app onto your iPhone or Android device and set up your event. If you're gonna propose in front of a group, what I recommend and what they recommend, recruit somebody to co-host it. They download the app as well based on invitation that you send them. You send out the link to friends and family and you do this prior to the event so that whenever you want to, you're able to just start the actual event and they can see it. They don't have to be there. They can be COVID friendly from the comforts of their home, their smart TV, their laptops, whatever. And they can watch it, but you can send out the link ahead of time. You can post it on social media if you want everybody to see it. Do whatever you want. When it's time to start, either you start the stream or your co-host starts the stream. You know, if they're hiding behind a bush or something like that, whatever the case may be, not creepy because people are getting shot these days. But they start the session Everybody who you sent the link to can watch it live in motion as it's happening. Her surprise, her tears, you stumbling over your words, whatever happens and propose away. So there's a free version and a paid version. So the free version gets you everything I think you need. I personally think you get everything you need with a free version. Um, the There's a hundred dollar version that allows you to have a window of 24 hours for the event instead of 90 minutes. I mean, if you need 24 hours of repose, like if you're doing a whole whirlwind trip type of thing where you just want to stream for 24 hours straight, that'd be some amazing shit, by the way. Let me tell you, if you do a 24 hour proposal, first of all, she better say yes. But if you do a 24 hour proposal, that's ridiculous. And you deserve high fives and fist bumps and body, you know, chest bumps, all that stuff. If you pull off a 24 hour proposal, but you go on a website and you'll see the comparison between a free and the hundred dollar 
per event version. Like the $100 event, you can virtually throw rice on them. It's more geared towards weddings, obviously, if you're trying to stream for 24 hours straight. 90 minutes is more so like proposals, which is free, absolutely free. Most of the things I propose on my podcast are going to be free because why? I'm the king of free. I will find free shit. I'm telling you. So if you're happening to want to propose this weekend, more power to you. Good luck. I'm not going to be somebody doing that this year or any year. But if you happen to propose Valentine's Day 2021, great luck in your execution. I hope she says yes. And I hope that you have an amazing, beautiful, fruitful, and happy life together from me to you. So that's my grin for this episode, Lovecast app. Check it out, www.lovecastapp.com. Next to last, before we go, I want to talk about our monthly giveaway winner. We did have a winner from last month, January. We're now in February. So the contest and giveaway is wide open. Go to our website, go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you'll find links to our website. Go there and submit your entry every single day if you want to. You can come back and do an entry for absolutely nothing, free. And our prize for this month is a trio of sauces from Seasons Bliss. Again, enter the contest, the giveaway for absolutely nothing. It's a free contest to reward you for listening to Dave's head. And hopefully you'll share the podcast with your friends and family, YouTube, and your favorite podcaster or podcast player, I should say. Go. You got until the Monday before the second episode of the month to submit your entry. And again, you can come back every single day and just click a button for one free entry every single day. Lastly, I want to thank Dennis Atkinson Jr. of DLA Music Productions, LLC. Again, you can reach him and find out more information about all the things he talked about he's getting into and going to do at www.dennisatkinsonjr.com. Proposals, although I wouldn't do it, but you might. For Valentine's Day, Seasons Bliss and Dennis Atkinson Jr. All great reasons to be in love with now. That's all for this episode of Dave's Head. Follow and feedback on our Dave's Head Podcast Facebook page on Instagram and Twitter at Dave's Head Pod. Subscribe and give your sentiments at Dave's Head Podcast on YouTube and listen on your preferred podcast player at anchor.fm forward slash Dave's Head Pod. For more information on all things Dave's Head, check out our website at daveshead.card with two R's dot C-O. Episodes premiere on the second and fourth Fridays of the month. Thanks to all my headers for tuning in and remember, enjoy life because life should be fun. Take care.